Well, welcome to Front Range. My name is Ernest Smith. I'm the lead pastor, and we're so grateful that you joined us. Whether you're here in person or maybe you're joining us online, we're grateful to have you. And uh, man, ultimately, our hope is that this will become a home for you, a place where you can build community, discover your purpose, and grow in your faith in Jesus. I want to let you know about a couple things that are, that are happening. First, tomorrow we will not have church uh, in person. If you're like, oh my gosh, I have to have church, uh, you can go to our YouTube channel and there's all of our services are right there. So you can do church as a family or church by yourself or however you want to do it. Uh, but it's one way that we, uh, we honor our team here. And then next Sunday, January 1st, it will only be online. Uh, again, we have a lot of people. We have hundreds of people who serve here. And so one of our core values is celebrating family. So, uh, so one way we can allow our staff and the Dream Team to be able to celebrate their family on these two big holidays uh, is to be with their family. And so uh, that message next Sunday is going to be one of the most important ones. Uh, and it really sets up uh, the rest of the year for us. So please, uh, please check it out. Uh, we have two services, 9 and 1030. Uh, but again, both of those will be online for uh, next week. And the second thing I want to let you know about is uh, as you're leaving, we have uh, these ornaments for you. Uh, there's a table out there with them. You can stop and get your picture taken if you haven't already. We'll print out the picture, and then you can remove this random family that's in there uh, and put your family. So uh, it's just our way of saying, hey, thank you. Uh, thanks for being with us. We're very honored that you would give up some of your time on uh, Christmas to spend time with us. And this is just one way for us to say uh, how grateful we are that you're here. Uh, hey, uh, I don't know about you, but I, like, this is like my favorite time of year. In fact, how many of you would say like, you love Christmas more than any other season? Any of us? Okay, okay, good. Most of us. Uh, I love Christmas. I love the lights and the presents and the music and the fact that most people are pretty nice most of the time. And, and all, I love all that. And I love this picture uh, that I have in my mind. Uh, it's the same picture every year. It's, it, we, we get done with Christmas Eve services and I'm going to get home and I'm tired and and I'm going to walk in the door and all the lights are going to be off except for the Christmas tree. And the fire is going to be on. My kids are sleeping. You know, there's like a smell of cookies because somebody made cookies, you know. Like, and I'm going to sit down on the couch and I'm going to have a nice glass of, hot, of chocolate milk because eggnog is nasty. Uh, this is my story, not your story. <laughs> this is my story. And it's just going to be peaceful. And that picture has never happened in my life. What normally happens, I come home from Christmas Eve, it's late, and I get home, I realize I still got seven hours of putting my kids' presents together, you know, like figuring out how things go, and I, I still have to wrap my wife's presents if I remember to get her presents, which one time I didn't, I had to go to CVS, that was weird. Uh, and, you know, and, and then, like, after all the stuff, I get home, and, and at, like, 1 a.m., I'm, like, laying my head on the pillow, and I'm exhausted. Anybody else can attest to something like that? Right, like in, in this season, you're longing for peace. You're longing for just like this calmness in your life. And with all the deadlines and all the parties and all the stuff that we've got going on, like there seems to be lack of peace. Like peace seems to be fleeting in our lives. But peace is what we should experience at Christmas. I mean, when the angels came to announce the birth of Jesus, they said, glory to God in heaven and peace on earth. But it seems like peace is fleeting this time of year. And what is peace? I mean, when you look at the definition of peace, it, it's a, uh, a, a ceasing of war. It's a, a lack of conflict. It's uh, to have no disturbance in your life. Now, that sounds amazing. I'd be awesome to have, like, no conflict and no disturbance, but that's not my life. Like, I think about my last few weeks, and it's been anything but peaceful. 
Uh, I, we've had surgeries. This is why I'm in this beautiful accessory right here. Uh, my wife's had like crazy stuff going on at work. We've had family drama. And you know all that, all family drama brings peace in your life. Uh, I, I, we had a family member pass away. Like this has been anything but peaceful this season. And I wonder how many of you can relate to this. Like how many of you are walking into Christmas season longing for peace in an area of your life? Maybe it's in a relationship. Maybe right now you're walking through a separation or a divorce that you never imagined you would be in. Maybe it's something with your child or it's finances or whatever it may be. You're, you're in this situation and you're, you're longing for peace, but that's probably the last thing that you believe you'll find wrapped under your Christmas tree. Mother Teresa, she said it this way, if you, if you want peace, peace begins with a smile. Well, I'm smiling, now I need a little bit of peace. But if peace is the absence of conflict, the absence of disturbance, is it even possible? The easy answer is no. Great message, Ernest. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas. You can all go home. No, but if the, if the world's definition is what we take as what peace is, that there's no conflict in your life, there's no disturbance in your life, then it's impossible. And so what is peace? Well, we see peace all throughout Scripture. I mean, we see this guy named Paul. Paul wrote a large portion of the New Testament. He's kind of a missionary, a church planner. Uh, he writes this. In fact, he doesn't just write something. He prays something over you and I. In 2 Thessalonians, he says this. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with all of you. So Paul prays peace over your life. And then Jesus who is God, he says this about peace. In John chapter 14, verse 27, he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So he says, I'm giving you my peace. But then he makes this like weird reference. He says that my peace isn't like the peace of the world. So what's the difference? I mean, like what's biblical godly Peace. Well, when you look throughout Scripture, you see peace's reference or, or mentioned uh, a little over 300 times. Uh, and the main word that is used for peace is this word shalom. A shalom is a, a, a word that is still used by Jewish people and Christians all over the world today. It's used really as a greeting. So when you go to say hey to someone, you would say shalom. When you would say bye to someone, you would say shalom. It would be like if we're in Hawaii, which all of us wish we were in Hawaii right now, or at least two days ago. Uh, it would be like saying aloha, right? It's the same word, like hello and goodbye. But this, when you say shalom, it's not like peace, bro. I'm out. Like it means something so much more. It's actually like a blessing you're speaking over someone. You're saying, may you be full of well-being. May you have all health and, and all prosperity. The biblical term for peace means wholeness, completeness. Like no matter what's going on around you, no matter the craziness and, and the disturbances that, that you may be experiencing, that you have a wholeness in your mind, in your spirit, and in your soul. And if there's a word picture, it would be like that of a, of a puzzle. Like a puzzle, you have all these little pieces and you put all the pieces together and you have this beautiful scene. Well, so many of us, our lives, if our lives are like a, a puzzle and pieces that way, many of us were missing pieces to that puzzle. It's like this puzzle right here. Some of you, you haven't had peace since you've seen this thing. You're like, where's that one piece? Oh, I, I, you're bothering me. Like, you know, whatever. Like so many of us, we have so many missing pieces in our lives. And maybe it's with relationships or finances or our kids or 
Name the issue. Name the disturbance. And we have missing pieces. And it's why we don't have peace. And here's the deal. You could put some of the pieces back. Like through counseling, you can put some pieces back. Through doctors and medicine, you can put some of the pieces back. Through coming to us as a church. Like we do counseling. We help people all the time. And coming here and, and getting counseling from us, we can help put some pieces back. But with all your hard work and all your effort and all the, the specialists and everybody that you see and all the things that you do, you still will be missing the peace. Peace. The one piece that completes it all, that makes it whole, that makes you whole. Like you can read all the self-help books and you can go to all the counseling and we promote counseling all the time. You can go to the doctors, you can come to us, you can go to church, all you want. But it doesn't mean that you'll have peace unless you have the peace, peace. And so how do you get it? I mean, how do you find true peace this holiday season? How do you find true peace at Christmas time? Well, I mean, it's pretty simple. It really is. It's this. It's complete peace was brought by a person. Really simple. Complete peace is not found in self-help. It's not found in counseling. It's not found even by going to church a certain number of times. It's found in a person. I love this passage in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. It says this. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. It says, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. So it's this prophecy. It's speaking something that's going to happen in the future. This is the Old Testament. It's saying that there's going to be a child that's born. And this child, he's going to be mighty God, everlasting father, wonderful counselor, and the prince of peace. And through him, there'll be no end to peace. And then Jesus makes it very clear that he is that peace. In John chapter 16, verse 33, he says it this way, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So he says, hey, based on the world's definition, you can never have peace. Why? Because he says, in this world, you're going to have troubles. You're going to have disturbance. You're going to have issues. You're going to have challenges. But take heart. For in him, you can have peace. I love that phrase, take heart. That phrase means two things. It means be courageous, like be strong, be willing to enter in. And then it means be happy, be joyful, be content. So it's like this two-part thing, like no matter what disturbances are going around you, no matter what's going on with your kids or your family, or your mental health or whatever it is, no matter what it is, if you go to Jesus, then he says, take heart, be courageous, step into whatever is before you, because God's going to be with you, and then you'll have joy. You won't have joy because your circumstances are easy or good or, you know, everything is great going on in your life. You have joy because you found peace in him. I love this passage in Romans Chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through self-help books. Oh, through counseling? No. Through attending church a whole lot? No. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. What does it mean to have peace through Jesus? You know, a lot of people will say that they, they believe in God. 
Uh, uh, most of the world says that they believe that some higher power, some God exists. Last night, my, my kids and I, we were having this conversation about uh, Christianity. And, and I said, uh, well, you guys realize that like most of the world are not followers of Jesus. My daughter was like, what? I'm like, I know you're a pastor's kid. So that's shocking. I'm like, yeah, if they were, if most of the world was, and we actually acted like it, this world would look very different. And Waverly's like, yeah, that's true. But most of the world does say they believe in God. So like, what does it mean to have peace in Christ and through Christ? It's not just a belief. In fact, the Bible says that you believe in God, good, even the demons do, and they shudder. So believing in God is no different than what the demons do. And so what does it mean to have faith, peace through Jesus? It means a relationship with. It means receiving what he's done for you and I. It means recognizing what God has done for us that on this time, during this season, what we celebrate is God loving you and I so much that he sent Jesus to die for us. And it's receiving what he's done for us. It's entering into relationship with him. It's not just a belief it's not just coming and singing some songs and, and all of that. It's actually having a relationship with God. It's this incredible thing. But it's only through that that you and I have peace. So where do you need peace? This Christmas season, what area of your life do you need peace in right now? Where in your life do you need peace? Maybe it's in relationships. Maybe there's a relationship that's broken. Maybe you're going to be sitting at the table with somebody over the next few days. And you've kind of fallen out of favor with each other. Maybe it's in your mental health. I had somebody earlier this week that said, Ernest, I'm in the worst place I've ever been mentally. And maybe that's where you find yourself. Maybe it's in your finances. Maybe you've bought all these presents for people, but you're looking at January going, I don't know how I'm going to pay the bill. Maybe it's in your physical health. I don't know. Where are you missing the piece? What puzzle pieces are missing in your life? And then if Jesus says that he's the prince of peace, then we just simply invite him into those areas. Like if Jesus says, hey, I'm the prince of peace, and through me you can have peace, and there's no end to his peace, then we invite him into those areas. Like, Jesus, I'm inviting you into my finances. You tell me what to do. Jesus, I'm inviting you into my relationships. Jesus, I'm inviting you into my marriage. I'm inviting you into these things. Now, if you're like me, here's what, here's what happens with me. I will invite Christ into an area of my life, and then because he's not moving the way that I want him to move or the speed I want him to move, I'm like, no, let me take that puzzle piece back. Like, I'm pretty competent. I can do this on my own. I'll do it quicker than you, God. Maybe I'll do a better job than you. Like I have this pride about me that, well, I'll just take it back. And when you invite Jesus into an area of your life, you can't take it back from him. It's not like one and done. Like, hey, God, here's my marriage. And you're like, Boop. oh, man, we're so much better now. That's not how it works. It's like you keep giving it over to him over and over and over. And honestly, it could be exhausting. It could be exhausting because you may not see the fruit right away. Like I think about with my kids and my relationship with them, and there's so many times I'm like, Lord, you better take these kids right now. Like you don't want me handling them in this moment. So, Lord, I give them over to you. And then like two minutes later, I'm praying the exact same prayer. Like, Lord Jesus, please help me. And then I might go like three and a half minutes. And then I'm like, okay, okay, God, please, 
And eventually, over time, submitting it, submitting it, submitting it, okay, this is getting better. Doesn't mean that it doesn't come back up later. You don't have issues later, but you keep giving him that area of your life. Where do you need peace? And then once you receive peace, once you've discovered what real peace is in your life, this, this completeness, this wholeness, and the second question that I would ask you to ask yourself is, who in my life needs peace? Who in my life needs peace? Now, when you ask yourself that question, don't think like real big picture. Okay, so many times like when people think big picture, like, oh, who needs peace? Well, it's a starving kid in Africa. Yes, 100%. My wife and I, we oversee a ministry that reaches out to people in Africa. So like that's close to us, but I'm not talking about that. So many times we think so big picture that we don't see the picture that God placed right in front of us. So when I ask you who in your life needs peace, like what I want you to think about is like over the next couple days, like maybe the next week, who in your life needs peace? Like who are you sitting at the table with? Maybe it's a child. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a friend. And here's my challenge when I ask myself this question, who needs peace? I have to actually like think about like slowing down because I'm just, I'm going. Go, 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 go. And when you do that, you don't look. You don't observe. And when you look around and you ask the question, I'll promise you this. If you're like, man, I've prayed prayers and God hasn't answered them, I promise you this. If you ask, if you pray the prayer, God, who in my life needs peace? God's going to show you. I mean, like this is a season where so many people are struggling. And how can you bring peace to someone else? Maybe it's like meeting an actual need. Maybe there's a financial need. Maybe there's some other need in their life that you can actually be a part of helping meet. Maybe it's a relational thing that God's like, hey, I just want you to text them. Like just send them a note. You're thinking about them. You're praying for them. Maybe it's prayer. Maybe God just wants you to be praying for them in this season. And that's how you can help bring peace to someone. Maybe it's somebody that's struggling with a lot tougher things. I mean, right now in this season, this is, this is the number one time where suicides happen. Like in a time where there's all kinds of festivities and joy and happiness and all of that, it's also one of the loneliest seasons for people. Maybe that's you. Maybe you came in here and you're like, man, I'm, I'm going to kind of give this thing one last shot. You've been wondering, like, if God sees you and if God knows you. I had a lady last night after the service. She came up and she said, Ernest, on the way over here, I was texting a friend and I was telling her just, I'm struggling. And her friend just texted back, I'm going to pray for peace. And then she got to church and the whole message was about peace. She said, God sees me. God sees you. He knows what you're walking through. He knows what you're battling mentally. He knows what you're battling physically. He knows what you're battling in your life relationally. He sees you. And he wants to be your peace. Maybe, just maybe for some of us, the most important person in our life who needs peace is you. Maybe out of all the people in your life that you could think about, like, oh, man, I could do something for them. I could do something for them. Maybe God's saying, Focus on you. What does that mean? It means 
responding to the story of God. Like what we celebrate right now is that God loved you so much that he sent Jesus. Why did he send Jesus? Because of our sin. What's sin? Sin is, is not measuring up to the perfect standard of God. If you're like, hey, I'm perfect, this message is not for you. But if you're like most humans in here, you're like, I mess up maybe once a month or maybe once a week or like me all the time. You're like, I can say I'm not perfect and you're a sinner. And what does sin do? Sin separates us from God. If you've ever been in a place where you're like, man, I can't feel the presence of God. I can't hear God. I, I don't feel like God is near me or anything like that. The Bible tells us that sin separates us from God. And there's nothing you can do to get back to him. Like there's not enough good things to do. There's not enough good words to speak. There, there's nothing you can, you can't come to church. Like you're not gonna be able to watch like five services tomorrow and God's like, I'm proud of you. There's nothing you can do to get in a right relationship with God. God had to do it all. Sin results in separation with us, with us and God and the only payment is a sacrifice. So Jesus came. He lived this perfect life, did some incredible things, taught some incredible things. But the whole goal was for him to die. The whole goal was for him to die on the cross for our sins so that we could be made right with God. And here's the beautiful news. This is what we celebrate at Easter, that God, that Jesus didn't stay dead. In fact, he rose from the dead three days later to show his power over death and over sin. He showed his power over that so that you and I could have life, so that you and I could be forgiven, so that we could experience true love, that we could experience peace. And so maybe, maybe you're like one of many people over the last few days giving their lives to Jesus. Maybe that's what God's saying to you today. It's come home. Enter into a relationship with Jesus. Maybe it's for a first time. Maybe you're like me when I sat in my very first Christmas Eve service. I was going back and forth between atheism and agnosticism. And I heard about this Jesus who loved me so much. I had so many questions and so many doubts, but I felt like God saying, come home. So I took a step of faith. My life radically was transformed. Maybe you accepted Christ a while ago. Maybe you've, you had that relationship with Jesus, but because of and just challenges and issues and just time, maybe you just kind of fallen away. Maybe you're at a place where you're like, it's not working. Like doing it on my own is not working. Come home. Come home. We see, receive what Christ has done for you and allow the peace of God to reign in your life. Allow his peace to bring completeness and wholeness tonight. Let's pray. Father, we come before you and God, I thank you so much for this season. Father, I'm so grateful for the lights and the music and, and all the fun things that we get to celebrate during this time, but most importantly, that it's about you, your great love for us, that yet while we were still sinners, you loved us so much that you sent Jesus to live a perfect life, do some incredible things, but ultimately to die for me, to die for each person in this room and watching online. And so, Father, just like the last few services where there have been so many people would say, man, that's where I'm at. Coming into this place, I've had no peace recently, Ernest. 
Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe you have, and it was a while ago, but tonight God's saying, come home. Receive what I've done for you. And you're still gonna have doubts. You're still gonna have some questions probably. That's all good. As a church, we'll walk with you through all of that. But here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. With every head bowed and eyes closed, you can say, Ernest, I, I need the peace of God. And I wanna commit my life to Christ, or I wanna recommit my life to Christ. I'm not gonna ask you to stand up. I'm not gonna ask you to come forward. Just right now in this moment, if that's you, I just want you to raise a hand. I wanna know who I'm praying for right now. Amen, 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 amen. God, thank you so much for all these individuals. If you're watching online, you can just text the word follow to the number on the screen. I want you to know that if you made that decision, whether it was by raising your hand or texting the word follow, or you still weren't sure what I was going to ask you to do, but in your heart, you're like, man, this is the decision I'm making. I want you to know God sees you. And the Bible says that in this moment, like this is the greatest decision you could ever make. I'm not saying it's the easiest, but it's the greatest decision you could ever make. And the Bible says that the angels right now in heaven are rejoicing. And I rejoice with you. Welcome home. I want to be the first to say that to you. Welcome home. And Father, I pray for each one of these individuals that you would bring true, complete peace right now. And Father, for those of us who, and we know you, accepted you, but there's an area of our life that, or areas of our life, we just need you to come. Father, let us give that over to you. Let us invite you in over and over and over and over, trusting that you are good, that you are faithful, trusting that you are the prince of peace. And on your shoulders, there is no end to your peace. And then, Father, help us to look around us. Help us to have your eyes this holiday season as we enter into Christmas and then the New Year's. Help us to look for those who need peace. And may we be your hands and your feet. May you use us in practical ways, through texts, through conversations, through prayers, to bring peace to others. And may through that, may they be drawn to you. May you be given the glory in Jesus' name.